Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. How is everyone doing? We so appreciate you tuning in. If you're a newer listener, I would encourage you to go back and listen from episode one to all the way forward. All of the episodes are still relevant. In fact, even more relevant probably as the world has been changing. This is courageous parenting, not normal parenting, not normal Christian parenting. Uh, obviously, as you've seen the stats, most kids that launch from Christian homes fall away from the Lord. And so we don't want normal. We want something different. And so that is what we feel called to do. Angie's not with me today. I miss her whenever she's not with me doing a podcast because it's so much more fun to do it with her, but she's on a retreat with some other amazing women and Megan went with to help with Xander. So we wish and pray for the best for her and her travels and trip. I am holding down the fort and we're going to have some fun today talking about how to discover your best ways to provide. Key word in the title is your, how you provide may be terrible for how someone else provides, meaning we're all different. We're all uniquely wired by God and we have different things to do. But I thought this would be a really important conversation from all the messages we've been getting and the challenges we're hearing about forced vaccinations, forcing people out of what they love doing, have been doing for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And uh, they're going to have to step away because they don't want to get vaccinated and they'll be forced to do so. So we thought this would be helpful. Even if that's not your situation, perhaps you just want to have a different way of living that your current work doesn't allow you to, or you just feel calling inside to do something different, but it's hard to narrow that down. I think this is helpful for everybody. In fact, I'm going to go through some exercises that I hope you do. So if you're driving, don't do them because you need to write down things. So you'll have to revisit if you're driving, but definitely listen through it. And then you can just go skip forward to the section where I talked about these exercises or just remember them are very simple and do them later, but please do them. I did it uh, to lead by example. I've done them before and I did it uh, in preparation for this uh, episode, at least part of it, just to kind of reflect. I might even share some of that with you. So it's really important to be thoughtful, contemplative, in prayer as you're thinking about what God has for you and your family in terms of provision. Uh, providing is awesome, and it's so good. In fact, however you provide, as long as it's a good thing that is good for people, is pleasing to the Lord. I just want to get that out right now because sometimes we can put what other people do to provide on a pedestal compared to what we do. I believe in God's eyes, if you're providing for your family and you're doing good work, that's as pleasing as something you're putting up on a pedestal that you think is better. It's as pleasing to God as the other person. So we shouldn't be in a comparison game at all, but we do need to think diligently about that as the world's changing and forced vaccinations are happening and people are losing their jobs and all these things. We get so many messages. So we're going to answer that. 
that's why we're doing the episode. And uh, I really appreciate you being part of the One Million Legacy Movement. I always have to share this in the beginning because vision matters. Why we're doing this matters. You matter because we're doing it with you. This is the One Million Legacy Movement. It's not Isaac and Angie's movement. It's our movement. How can we change the world? One parent at a time. One home at a time one group of somebody's children at a time because they're taking parenting more diligently and discipling their kids. You know, we don't want to be normal, right? We normal in this world isn't working. Kids are launching, not being believers. So we appreciate that. Every time you share, every time you give us a review on iTunes, a written review, we read everyone. They're not only encouraging, but I think they help the algorithms and more people are exposed to the podcast, which is wonderful. If you haven't listened to the last episode, uh, should Christians resist forced vaccinations, I definitely encourage you to listen to that too. And if you're a newer listener, I just want to say 141 episodes now, they're, praise God, they are all relevant still. And in fact, I would say some of our early ones are even more relevant today than they were when we first did them. Because we had this mindset, God gave us this vision, this mindset that things are getting worse and we need to be courageous parents in all these different ways that we've been talking about okay so first tip i have for you guys is to know your timeline the best you can what do i mean by that well some people have a very short timeline because the vaccination is being forced on them and you know, they have like until september 1st i've heard some people or something like that to where they have to either get the jab or quit their job or maybe you lost your job or you need to make more money and find a way something to do and it's very urgent so knowing that timeline is important because you have to figure out what your runway is in business that's how long you can go with the funding you have your savings whatever before you run into trouble okay so that's important to think about what is your runway and it is really important because if you have a runway sometimes you do want to use part of it you don't want to just spend all your savings and things like that. But sometimes it takes a little time to really listen to the Lord, flesh some things out and think about things. And I would encourage you not to be too hasty if you do have time. If you don't have time, then it's time for extreme action right away, obviously. Okay, so knowing your timeline is really important. Uh, if it's shorter, you're gonna pro you may be doing something that isn't your sweet spot just to provide and take care of the family as you're navigating, figuring out what else to do and add to it. As you've heard from many other episodes, we've been talking about this for a long time, last couple of years, um, especially since COVID hit, is that it's wise to have two or three sources of income. Three, I think, is optimal because if one gets hit, you at least have two others. If it doesn't quite pay all the bills, at least you're not starting from zero. I think that's really important to think about is what could they be. Now, there's some dangers in trying to create three things that provide income at the same time, I wouldn't advise that at all. So I'd focus on one, but being mindful of the other things that you potentially could do down the road, uh, or at the same time, only if they're in alignment. This is where people get in trouble. If you start two different things at the same time, usually both of them suffer. But if both of them have some alignment, meaning that the one you're doing also helps the other one happen, then it can be beautiful. It can be really amazing and a smart decision. So you have to think about, is there alignment if I'm going to do multiple things and do them well? Now, if you already have something really going well and you're not learning all these new things, 
then you could start something different on the side that is very different than the main thing you're doing too, okay? Obviously, this isn't prescriptive for exactly what you're gonna do, you're unique. It's to get you thinking about it, do some exercises, and really think about what does God have for you in the way you provide, okay? Because we don't wanna be controlled, right? We don't wanna be controlled because, you know, to put food on the table, we have to go do this thing that we feel conviction we shouldn't do over here. You never want to be put in that situation. So think about this may not be the first situation. Oh, maybe I'll just do it because I need to provide, even though I don't want to get the vaccination. Well, if they're going to do that, then they're going to do whatever the next thing is, right? More and more control is going to happen. And as you may have heard from previous episode, I've encouraged my kids recently to not even think about working for somebody as your career path. Now, they probably will have jobs when they're younger and work for people to develop the skills into the whatever they do down the road. But really, when they have families, I hope and pray that they have sources of income that aren't coming from being employed somewhere because there's nothing worse than a ruthless employer. Now, I've been an employer many times before of lots of people, actually, in some seasons of my life. And not every employer is ruthless. That's not what I meant. But there is risk. You're putting your family potentially at risk, as we're seeing, as things get enforced. And it could even be beyond your employer's control down the road of what happens to work in certain industries and certain spaces. So just things to think about that I think are really, really important. Okay, so in Jeremiah, this is a promise. I love God's promises, don't you? Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know, the, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. That would be a first tip as we're going through any kind of change is to be searching for God with all of your heart. Is it just a little or is it all of your heart? Are you praying believing that God's listening to you, there's a difference of praying, just praying because we're supposed to pray or we have some kind of ritual of praying or these kinds of things, or praying, believing we're actually communing with God, that he is actually listening to us. So we need to have that faith that God is listening to us when we pray. I thought that was an encouraging thing because God has a hope, a future and a hope for each of you. He is a good God. As my friend once said, he didn't have to make strawberries taste so good. That always stuck with me. He could have made them not taste so good, but we just eat food because we need to to survive. But God decided to actually make our taste buds in a certain way where they actually work well with food. Now, for me, it's almost all food except mushrooms. But anyways, you didn't need to know that. Okay, so now discovery. Discovery. Here's This, this should be very helpful. You want to figure out what is good for you, which is unique to anybody else, because you want to be 100% who God created you to be. The worst thing that happens, and you see this sometimes, especially when they really look up to somebody, is they try and be like and do the things that person they look up to is. Now, I realize that's a lot of times when people are younger, maybe in their 20s, and a lot of you are a little older than that. But I tell you, sometimes that can seep in. God made you exactly how you are for many purposes. And we operate in our optimum way when we're 100% being ourselves. So 
as we think about things we could do to, to provide, to create provision, we want to think, well, God really creates it, but what are we going to do is we have to think about, can I be myself doing that? Do I feel good? Is that in alignment with how God made it, me to be? Now, a caveat to that is, especially when sometimes when people are young, we have to do things outside of our comfort zone and sometimes way different than how we're wired. And those are good experiences. I think, though, ideally, if we're older and we're raising a family and we're looking for long term ways to provide for our families, we want to be doing activities that align with who we are. I think that's good. So here's a callings exercise. Callings exercise. In fact, I have the definition, uh, Webster, of callings, which I thought was interesting. I'm going to pull it up here. A strong inner impulse toward a particular course of action, especially when accompanied by conviction of divine influence. I thought that was pretty cool. Webster has a cool di uh, dictionary uh, definition of callings. So what are your callings? It's the promptings in your heart, the promptings you've always felt that you're supposed to do. These could be very general things. I'll give you some examples. I started, um, cause what you're going to do is you're going to make a, a list. You're going to write down all the things you feel called to do. I'm not talking about things you want to do, like travel to Italy. Okay. Although that might be dangerous these days, but what I am saying is the things you feel called to do that can contribute to the world called to do that can serve and help other people. Uh, that can make a difference, these kinds of things. Here's a list I have, and I was thinking back to when I was younger too and today. It's kind of a mix as I've done this exercise before, but I did write a new list and I didn't finish it. But preach has always been something since I've been a believer that has been gnawing at me to do, and I've done that. There's been some opportunities in my life where I've done that. But I also never felt called to lead a big church. And I think that's where part of why home church is so appealing to me. Uh, but there's many reasons for that. But anyways, preach is something I feel called to do. Preaching God's good news. Business owner. I feel I've felt many years. I felt very called to be a business owner, marketplace ministry, to be a light in the business world. I did that. Um, I still love that. And so I still feel that calling, even though much of what I do now is ministry. Impact large numbers of people. God just put in me this desire to impact large numbers of people. Now, I'm saying this not just, you know, oh, this is who Isaac is. I'm trying to give you an example here of making a list of callings. Impacting a large number of people isn't a specific thing. Notice I'm not saying that's a specific job, but it is orientating me as I make a list. And there's power in writing. If you just think about it, you might think about a few things, but you actually write these down. It is profoundly impactful. And then you have to write it down to the, the end of the exercise I'm going to teach you. Okay. Build things with my hands. I actually feel called to do that. When I do that, I feel great. I feel so good. Look what I was able to build. There was no better feeling. I remember when I was nine years old and uh, I didn't get allowance, but instead, and I'm so thankful for this, my dad had me build boats for kids out of his scrap wood because he's a fine woodworker. And uh, he set up a card table for me downtown and a little town I grew up in, and I sold these boats. And there was no better feeling than seeing somebody buy the boat and then go put it in the water and play with it and enjoy it for hours. And I was right near the water, so I could literally see my product being used right after they bought it. It was exhilarating. I loved that. 
and learning about making a profit. So, but building things with your hands that other people enjoy. Public speaking, that for me, that's, that's big. Um, there was a time where I thought I might be a professional speaker, travel around, but that didn't align with another part of what I'm gonna teach you. It didn't align with my family life that I desired because then I'd be traveling all the time. But I did do the steps of, um, you know, being part of the National Speakers Association, qualifying for that and you know, doing some of those steps. But then I shifted away from doing that as a profession because it didn't line up with the other things I'm going to talk about. Leadership. I've always felt called to leadership. Although it's so funny because I often feel like uh, a, a challenged leader. I don't know if you realize that, but sometimes I feel that way inside. I feel like a challenged leader. I don't know if you guys all probably as parents feel that way. I feel that way too at times and in business sometimes. I've had some really good times leading and I've had some really challenging times leading too in my life. Uh, Viticulture. That was one I didn't ever realize I'd feel called to, but I remember looking at this field and, and just being drawn to creating a vineyard. Not because I loved wine, although I do like wine. I hardly ever drink it, but I do like it. I don't know anything about winemaking, but I was drawn to the vineyard and we did a vineyard uh, because that was something I felt we were called to. I was called to and the family did it with me. And um, that was really neat. Coaching people, you know, uh, I, I enjoy that. Um, and I've learned that I went to when I had a full time job, I'm just giving you examples here. Um, full time career is very busy in my 30s. I felt this gnawing that I'm supposed to do something else. And so I went to. Western Seminary, I did their coaching program, executive coaching program. And um, that was really, really powerful. I did it on Saturdays. So it was super hard to fit it in. I had to read all these books. It was a condensed program, but it was transformational in how I worked with my people. And our business grew a lot because of that. And then, I've, you know, on the side, I, I still coach people sometimes and I love it. Okay. So now I could write a bigger list. In fact, I encourage you to try and get to at least 20. It's really hard. Those last ones sometimes are the key ones because it really causes reflection. Sometimes it forces you to talk to someone like your spouse of the things you might be called to. I hope that lots of people are like saying mom, dad, you know, of course, those things. And But we're trying to think about how to provide here. And that's why I didn't mention those in my list that I was building, even though we are called to those things. Sharing the gospel, all those things, right? We're called to. Uh, super important. Let's read. Uh, before I give you the rest of the exercise, because uh, I like Romans 8. Sometimes it can be misunderstood, though. Uh, you probably know it pretty well. 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Okay? I love that verse. It's very, very encouraging. If you're dealing with challenges, it could be very encouraging to you. And what I... What I don't want to say, though, is that I don't want to say this co This should make you wait only on the Lord and not take action, although waiting on the Lord is great. But oftentimes, he also calls us to action, to take action in certain things. And we know all things work together for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. God's got us. He's sovereign. He's in control. But it doesn't mean we don't have to take massive action to create change and to do things in alignment with him. It definitely does. And it doesn't mean, in my opinion, we can disagree here, that everything that happens was God doing it. That's definitely not true. Sometimes you hear people say everything happens for a reason. And, I, and they say that to encourage people. When people say that to me, it doesn't encourage me. And the reason is because I know it's not true. 
everything doesn't happen by God for a reason, but God can redeem tough situations and take care of his people. Bad things happen in a corrupt world to good people. It doesn't mean God wanted every one of them to happen. Okay. We can disagree on that point and that's okay, but I do believe God is in control and that God redeems things and he is trustworthy and he's got us. Okay. That's super important. Okay. So you got this list going, this callings exercise, you've got your list. Now, what I want you to do is count up how many are there. So let's say there's 20 of them. Let's say there's a super achiever listening that did 30. And maybe you got 10 because you wrestled with it and it's really hard to figure out and you got 10. Hey, good job. Okay. So let's at least get 10 though. Now you count up how many there are. Let's say there's 16. You have 16 on this list. Just that process was helpful, but this next process is excruciatingly hard, very hard. You're going to now put 16 next to the least important of the 16 to you. Next, you're going to put 15 next to the one that's the next least important. Process of elimination from the least important to the most important. What you don't want to do is just do it the other way and go, okay, one, two, three, that way. No, 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 no. Not nearly as powerful as this exercise. The way I'm having you do it is harder, but it's really helpful. What you'll be left with is your top five. Your top five are really powerful when you do this exercise and you pray and you think about it. And you, what you're sitting there is your top five things that you feel you're most drawn to and called to. This gives you a little bit of a screening process of deciding what you're going to do. Does it fit in with these five things? Obviously, God made me in certain ways to desire these five things. Most out of all of them. Does this line up with that? That's just part of it, okay? Now you do a skills exercise. This one is the same, except it's just about skills. What am I good at? Could you be good at something that's really you're not feeling called to? Like, I know I'm really good at doing this thing here, but I'm not called to doing that, okay? But we want to write down all of our skills, whether we like them or not. All of your skills down, it's really good to do. And you'll be helping your older kids with this down the road. So write down all your skills and then do the same process of elimination to what are your top five skills, not only that you're good at, but that you like, that you value the most. Now you have your five callings that you value the most. You have your five skill sets that you value the most. They could be simple skills. Don't, you know, I'm super good at cleaning the kitchen or I'm super good at keeping my garage clean or something like that. I don't know. It's brainstorming. And in brainstorming, you think of something really simple and then something really important also is thought of right after it. So don't be too controlling with yourself about this because when you do the process of elimination, it'll narrow it down to what's important. See what I mean? Okay, don't be a perfectionist on this. So just do your skills exercise, do your callings exercise. And then I want you to think about what's important for your family because there could be callings that aren't good for your season of where your family's at. Maybe it's a different season that you're supposed to do that. So you have to contemplate, where's your family at? What are the needs of your family? Uh, are you desiring to be home more? Are you desiring to be home and do something on the side that doesn't take very much time while you're raising the kids? You know, these kinds of things. This is it an extra thing you're trying to add? But how does this, what is important in family? Make some bullet points. Maybe make that a date night. Um, together, what is important in our family as we're considering different ways we provide and maybe shifting gears or adding something to what we're already doing?
okay? And then the financial. So these are the four things, calling, skills, family, what's important to the family, and then financial. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. We want to be doing things that are worthy of provision, right? So we have to kind of be thinking about what is actually going to, to do well providing. Now, be careful because you'd be surprised how well you can do doing certain things. I'm My mind is blown, for example, on how well some food carts do. My mind is blown on how, some coffee how well some coffee stands do that people own. I get blown away all the time by some businesses that do so well financially and serve so many people well. It's really neat. Okay, so you might not have enough experience. So be careful about eliminating things from a financial perspective too quickly. But do think about that. Okay, so now you have your top five callings. You have your top five skills. You've discussed this with your spouse and what's important in your family. You might have a little list there uh, as you go into this next season. And then you're evaluating uh, th everything through a lens of can this be a good thing to provide for a family? So those four things, that's really, really helpful. Now, as you're thinking about your next steps or someone brings a business opportunity towards you and these kinds of things, you think about those different things and you have a lens now to eliminate things and you have a lens too. And then you pray, you Lord, reveal things to me. And sometimes he has us do things way outside of our callings, way outside of our current skill set. In fact, you might have, this brings up something, you might have a situation where your top five callings, you don't have a lot of skills for. A lot of times that's because you were raised in a way of you just do what dad did or you go to college and you base everything on making good money and you picked what you're doing based on your degree and it making good money, but it had nothing to do with what you're called to or the skills you really love about yourself and these kinds of things. And that's probably why you're listening to this and feeling a little disenfranchised about what you're doing, especially if there's increased pressure from the government or whatever on you. So think about those things. And because when you're in a sweet spot, you can't separate life, how you are at work is going to affect how you are at home and how you are at home is going to affect how you're at work. We want to live the integrated life so that we can thrive where we are, be 100% ourselves and have a, a stable ground to provide for our families despite what's going on in the world. I think that's really, really important. Okay. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 is uh, right here. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. 
Okay, so this is walking. This is our Christian walk in life. Uh, it's not necessarily uh, professions and, and callings in that sense, but I did think it was a, a good verse because we want to walk in unity in our with our spouse. We want to make these important decisions together. We want to uh, be in lowliness and gentleness, meaning we always want to be in a posture of not getting arrogant too and prideful. And so as you think about these things, you really want to focus on what you're good at, but you don't want to let pride sit in and just go in a direction that only makes money, even though it's not really you. Okay. So that's really important to think about too. In first Peter, uh, another great verse nine, uh, sorry, four ten. First Peter four ten. as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Many, many places. Now, a lot of times this is speaking about the church and things like that, but it also can speak to what we do outside of church. Um, each one has received a gift. We all have different gifts. And when we use our gifts, it's edifying to the body of Christ, but it's also edifying to your community at large. If it's a business or it's a service you're offering or something like that, I think that is really, really beautiful. Okay, so in your marriage conversations, let's talk a little bit more about that. In your marriage conversations, um, you want to talk about your fears. It is so important to talk about your fears because hidden fears in a spouse is can be catastrophic. A spouse could go along to get along and hide their fears about something and then it backfires later when the challenges come when you're doing something because anytime you're doing something new there will be challenges and you need to make decisions together be in alignment together flesh out any fears about things and really get them on the table and talk about them and be transparent about your own fears now i know we speak a lot about not fearing only fearing god and all these things it is a human reaction to to fall into fear it's what we do next that matters is trusting god and sometimes talking about with our spouse helps us to get to trusting god faster and we know how to pray for each other encourage each other and so forth that transparency is super important when you're managing change as a married couple and when you're going through that also getting feedback go through this process alone probably for sure Maybe asking after you've done it, some feedback on some things, some more things to add to the callings list, sure. But take a stab at the list first and then get feedback. And then uh, in your marriage date night or whatever, talk about what you've come up with and what they think about it and have just a really good conversation about that. And then talk about your family goals. Earlier, that was one of the four things, right? Family goals and family things that are important. Well, make sure you find out what your spouse thinks is important because sometimes they have additional ones that are not as important to you, but become extremely important to you because it's important to your spouse. So when you're making decisions about these things, let's talk to each other about those things. So many times I've done that change, even goals, uh, business goals. Hey, Ange, I think we could do this thing that's never been done before. And, but it's, there's going to be some sacrifice and we go out on a date and we talk about it and I totally let her give me feedback. And, and if she would say no, I wouldn't have done it. And she said, yes. Yeah. So we went for it and God blessed it. And it was amazing. And we've seen that before. Right. And I've seen times where I just go off and I do something or I create change with what I'm doing without talking to my wife and it creates disunity amongst us. And usually it doesn't work out as well. 
We need each other to fan each other's flames. It's super, super important. So make sure you have marriage conversations talking about that. I think that's incredibly important. Okay, before we go into the plan, I just want to give you some ideas. I was thinking about what are some ideas, and of course, there's way more ideas than these. And if you don't fall into any of these of being interesting, falling into your calling skills and things like that, or things you want to become skilled at, hey, no problem, make your own list. But I just did a quick brainstorm on my own. Um, And some of these are things I really are interested in too. So you get a little inside scoop here, building, uh, building things like how buildings, houses, right? That's super interesting to me. I don't do that, but I could see myself doing that, you know, being a contractor or hiring people to help me do that kind of thing, even though I would have to learn a lot of things, uh, flipping properties. I totally feel equipped to do that. Now I don't do that, but I feel equipped. I could totally manage that process. I've done my own houses too now. And so, um, that's something super interesting, but maybe that's a direction to shift in, you know, is fixing up, buying a house at the right price and then fixing it up and selling it or living there while you fix it up and then selling it and moving your family. It's a little harder if you have a lot of kids like me, but if you have a couple of kids, it might be okay. Okay. Something in the tech industry, you know, are you super drawn to technology and coding and these kinds of things? Well, what could you build? Could you build an app or could you do different things or could you provide a service of, of building these? Could you build websites for people? You know, what is in the tech side of things? Cause that's beautiful. You can work from home on your computer. Love that idea for people wired that way. For me, that would be a horrible thing to do. That's just not, doesn't fit into my callings and skills. And even if it fit in my callings, I'd be open to developing the skill, but it doesn't fit in my callings. Okay. So seeing how I have this decide this thing that we intuitively feel, but when you get them on paper, it's really clear and it creates great clarity in marriage too. Uh, deciding things because maybe your spouse is like, oh, you should, this is a great opportunity to come your way. Well, does it fit into things? Now, hey, if you need to provide for your family, go do something outside of your callings and skills. Totally. Again, I said in the beginning, providing for your family is honorable. Just that, okay? Doing something, doing good work and making sure your family's okay is honorable. But if you do have an opportunity to change and, you can, and there is an opportunity to go into your sweet spot, why not try, right? Why not try? Okay, uh, brick and mortar business. I'm less excited about that. That's like a shop somewhere and things like that, a physical location. Look what happened during COVID, people being forced to shut things down. I'm less interested in that, but that is, I just wanted to put it out there because maybe you just, that is what you're supposed to do. And maybe you're living in a place where it is safer. Like in Idaho, it'd be safer than Oregon where I used to live. But still, I I get hesitant about that um, kind of business. Now, what I get less hesitant about is a food cart or a coffee stand or things like that because people aren't coming inside your establishment. So if there's pandemics, things like that, it's much easier to have people drive by and get coffee or to hand food out a window and things like that. Okay. And I, and there's also way less capital costs in those businesses than a big brick and mortar kind of business. So I'm really attracted to that. In fact, Luke's vision, he's our 13 year old is to have a food cart serving burgers and things. And so he's already business planning and saving his money. He's got a, he's a good way there. And he's got a couple years till he's capable of doing it. I think serving food, um, the business would probably have to be under my name at first that sell to him for a dollar later when he's older. But I, you know, just thinking about this for my kids too, food carts. Um, okay. Airbnb. 
What a fantastic option. Is there an opportunity on your property to turn something into something that's rentable on Airbnb? No long-term renting. We learned that, right? Nobody's getting their long-term rent. I mean, some people are honest renters, but a lot of renters are losing their properties or getting out of that business because the government uh, created essentially socialism in that area, in that industry where landlords aren't getting paid for over a year now. Okay. But short term is wonderful. Airbnb. What could you Airbnb? Airbnb. That is a beautiful business. It can be. And there's lots of good information out there on how to do that. Uh, network marketing. You, that, you might think that's cool. You might already do that. You, there might be some stigma on that for you. I think it's fantastic if you go with a good company that's going to be around. A lot of network marketing companies don't stay around. But I think it's fantastic if you have a reputable and the product's consumable, ideally. And I believe I believe the options are even better when someone doesn't have to have behavior change to do it. Meaning if it's all nutrition-based, and I'm not trying to hit what somebody's doing here if you're into it, and you can be very successful in a nutrition-based area, but and I know people who are, but um, a lot of times in nutrition-based, people have to see physical change, and in, in, in with nutrition, usually exercise is an important element of that, and a lot of people just lack the discipline to stay the course with exercise, and if they don't exercise and only take the nutrition stuff, they don't see the difference, it's hard to keep them ordering and those kinds of things. So you want to pick something where you think there's going to be high retention of people and it's a superior product that is used every day and is consumable and those kinds of things. So um, that, for example, on our side, that's why I encouraged Angie to build the Young Living business because oils kind of fits all of the things and it's such a reputable company. And so that's something that has worked for her as an example on the side really well. Um, online sales is another great opportunity. Okay. So you can sell through Amazon, uh, someone else's product, uh, Google, uh, AdWords, you can do advertising and things like that to drive traffic and set up a store and sell someone else's product, something people use trading right now with the Robinhood app and, um, you know, in the crypto world, Coinbase and different things, but there's lots of, um, Scott trade, I think as an app, there's lots of ways for traditional markets you know, you know, to do trading, you know, you want to do it wisely. You want to learn, but maybe that could be part of what you're doing, investing your own money and uh, watching it grow and making trades at the right time, buying low, right. And selling high is the idea or keeping it for the long term. Okay. Farming. I don't know a lot about farming, but I know people can make money doing it, right? Farming could be great. Uh, digital creative. Could you sell things creatively? That's what we do. Part of what we do, right? Digital creative. We create courses, books, things like that. Uh, and then the physical creative with the books. Physical creative. What are things? But you could build crafts and things like that. It could be a side thing. What could you do? Sales. Sales. People who know how to sell always can feed their family. And so what an invaluable skill. In fact, with everything I listed, sales is part of it. So no matter what, don't move shy away from sales. But there is the concept of somebody being in a sales position and maybe you're wired for that. Maybe that's simplicity. You don't want to run your own business. Now, sometimes if you're new to business too, you could buy a franchise because it's already established business that works and you have all the systems and operations. You don't have to create all that stuff. So that's another option. So I just went through some ideas. There's just a few. 
but there's lots more ideas where that came from, right? So now the final thing I have for you guys is to plan, is to plan. You've got to make a plan, even if it's just one step. You don't know the what yet, but you've done these exercises and you're fleshing this out and you're praying and you're communicating uh, with your spouse and what some good steps you made. But now what is one thing you could do? Maybe part of your plan is to sell a vehicle to create more runway. If your timeline is short, you we had this experience, right? Timeline was short, sold our Sprinter van, so we had more runway. It gave us three months uh, to really get courageous parenting going, not long, and we went all in on doing this ministry, and God provided. So I think that um, you know planning is important. There's several steps. Have an action list, a plan. And stick to your plan the best you can and and make those things happen, which is which is great. Okay, so now last scripture for you is Psalm 37, 4, which is uh, 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. Okay, I'm going to pause for a second. Trust in the Lord and do good. All of this is, how can I do good? What I didn't mention there is ministry-related, nonprofit-related, which or... Um, you know, serving the Lord, uh, you know, teaching the Bible and, and those kinds of things. Pastor, you know, maybe that's in your in your realm. But trust in the Lord and do good. Whatever it is, do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Wow. That is so beautiful. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Too often people want the desires of the heart without delighting yourself in the Lord. Are you delighting yourself in the Lord? I know you're a Christian, but are you delighting yourself in the Lord? Let's keep that first. He is the God of all wisdom. He can see way ahead and give you promptings in the direction to go. Maybe this, these exercises will just flesh out and stir up some things between you and God to really figure out what you're to do. But it's honorable to work and provide for your family. But how beautiful could it be if you're around your family more, if the changes in the world had less of an effect on you and you could move more swiftly and provide opportunities for your kids as they get older too, if they wish, uh, at least for a while as they're learning skills, because you're doing something more entrepreneurial. You don't have to. I'm just becoming a firm believer though, that for Christians, we're entering a space where we need to be able to work with our hands. Um, and in, in a way, be a little more independent uh, and let God uh, bless what we're doing. Hey, I hope that was helpful for you. If you love it, please share it. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.